Welcome to Ballpark Figures, brought to you by Wingman of the Year. This is your host, JP. Welcome to episode six of Ballpark Figures. Again, this is your host, JP where I try to make numbers cool by relating it to relevant sports topics. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the NFL Divisional Round, preview the NFL Championship Round, talk about some of the NFL retirements, and lastly, we'll end with the NHL Ironman streak and what we're actually seeing in today's game of hockey. First off, I want to thank everyone that has continued to listen, followed me on social media as well. It's been great. I enjoy sharing this data with everyone, and I hope you all are enjoying it as you listen to my episodes as well. With that being said, let's recap the NFL divisional round. I'm going to go in order of the way the games were played. So we'll start with the Saturday games and then go into the Sunday games. The first game was the Green Bay Packers versus Los Angeles Rams. The Green Bay Packers came out on top 32-18. to All that's a two-touchdown win, in my opinion, the game was much closer than that. The Rams definitely have a tough defense. It was clear to see throughout the season and in the playoffs. However, stopping Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams is not an easy task. And eventually, the Rams would lose to the Packers. Packers are 7-1 in home playoff games on Saturdays. This is why I love stats. You can just make stats about anything. Just crazy stuff on Saturday. Like, okay. Kind of random. So some of the stats in this game. Jared Goff went 21 for 27 with 174 yards and a touchdown. You know, completion percentage was pretty good. But 174 yards, not really going to win games against an offense like the Green Bay Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers went 23 for 36 with 296 and two touchdowns. On the running backs, Cam Akers. We talked about him in the last episode. As a rookie running back, he really stepped it up towards the end of the season and played really well in the playoffs as well. He had 18 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. As the season progressed, Sean McVay used Cam Akers much more than the other running backs that they have on the team with Henderson and Brown. Aaron Jones on the Packers side had 14 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good yards per carry right there. Aaron Jones has had a, a Great last few seasons. I believe he's a free agent this year. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, the Packers could probably keep Jamal Williams for a lot cheaper. And they have A.J. Dillon, the rookie, uh, who looked pretty good towards the end of the season in the playoff games. On the receiving end, we'll start with the Rams. Uh, Robert Woods had 8 for 48. It's a lot of catches. Van Jefferson had the only touchdown catch. 6 for 46 and a touchdown. And then Reynolds led the team, although he only had three catches, he had 65 yards. On the Packers' side, Alan Lazard led the team with four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. But Devontae Adams had 10 targets, nine catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Robert Tunyon had four catches for 60 yards. And I only put him in here because he had a pretty impressive season. Uh, the tight end is kind of a tough position to find a solid guy. You know, you have your top guys, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Andrews, and then it's right there like Tunyon, uh, TJ Hawkinson's another one, but it's pretty top heavy position. So I thought that was pretty impressive. 
So the Green Bay Packers, being the one seed, will host the NFC Championship game. After that game, we saw the AFC Divisional Round with the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. This was a pretty weird game. I was expecting fireworks. You know, you had Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. The Ravens can run. So I was I was kind of expecting a very high-scoring game. However, the weather was awful. The wind was blowing like crazy. And we saw this on the first drive. Buffalo would eventually come out on top 17-3. to So not much scoring. And it was really a game dominated by defense and probably Mother Nature with the weather as well. The very first drive of the game, you have one of the best kickers in the league, if not the best kicker, Justin Tucker, missing a 41-yard field goal. And it was hilarious. You see the announcer jinx right away talking about how he doesn't miss field goals under 50 yards and he misses. Uh, Buffalo is 12-3 and in home playoff games in their team history. So they love playing at home. It really helps them. You know, not many places get weather like that. Uh, lake effects, snow potentially. Uh, it would have been fun to see the AFC Championship game there. But maybe in the future we will. So not only did Tucker miss a field goal in the very first drive of the game, he missed another one later on in the game. I think they said he only missed uh, two postseason field goals, and he missed two in this game. So that was pretty pretty wild when he doubled that. Uh, the Bills' kicking game wasn't much better. They also missed two field goals, 43 and 44 yards. Uh, so let's get into the stats here. Lamar Jackson, 14 for 24 for 162 yards. Nine rushes for 34 yards. However, towards the end of the game, he did get taken out for a concussion after getting sacked. He had a lot of pressure on him most of the game, and he just didn't look like himself. I don't know whether or if the Bills just had a great game plan. Josh Allen, 23 for 37, 206 yards and a touchdown. It's okay. Not bad. Again, the weather was wild. We have to remember that. Uh, for the running game, the... Ravens had Gus Edwards and Dobbins. Both had 42 yards on 10 carries. That's kind of funny. Uh, there was really nothing significant about the Bills running game. Uh, the Bills got out, played, or the Ravens had more yards, rushing and total yards. They had 120 more total yards in this game, but couldn't score a touchdown. Hollywood Brown finally showed up in the playoffs and towards the end of the season. Four for 87. I mean, it's not great, but... I'd take 87 yards from Hollywood Brown any day. Stephon Diggs, what a stud. This guy had eight catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. He's been a big reason that this team had success this year. Josh Allen had success. Uh, Stephon Diggs has those sure hands, and it'd be tough to rank him outside the top three wide receivers this season. John Brown had eight catches for 62 yards as well. My only complaint about this game is the NFL needs to do better. You can't be playing games at 8 o'clock at night. Me, as a person in my 30s, I can stay up and watch it. But if I was a young fan, there's no way. I probably would fall asleep by halftime. So I don't like these late 8 o'clock games on a Saturday night. There's no need for it. Uh, Sunday's games were, I think, 3.30 and 6.40. So we could do that on Saturday as well. But, you know, that's just me complaining. No big deal. We still got to watch some football. So that was Saturday. Uh, Sunday afternoon, we were able to see the Cleveland-Kansas City game. And this game was kind of weird. Uh, I expect Kansas City to really just roll. 
you know, they got out to a 19-3 lead at halftime, I believe. And the final score was 22-17 to Kansas City. To be fair, Patrick Mahomes did leave in the third quarter with a concussion. And it was, wasn't the most vicious hit I've ever seen. Didn't look dirty, nothing about that. But when the man couldn't stand up, and his eyes, he was looking through people. Uh, he just knew he was concussed. And no way I thought he was going to be ready for the AFC Championship game. And supposedly he's cleared and ready to go against the Bills uh, this weekend. But I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's safe or not or if we're actually following the protocol. But I'm no doctor. So just leave that on the side there. Uh, the Chiefs will host their third straight AFC Championship game. Last year they won and then went on the Super Bowl and won. Uh, the year before that, they probably should have beat the Patriots, but we all remember the D4 was offsides on a turnover by the Patriots. So we'll see what they can do this year. It's no easy game. I don't think any game at this level is easy, especially in the championship. So we'll see how this game goes. Uh, we'll get into that later. So the stats. Baker, 23 for 37, 204 touchdown interception. Had a great game against the Steelers. This is more, I wouldn't say normal, uh, you know, it was a down game, but the Chiefs have a solid defense. Mahomes, 21 for 30, 255, and a touchdown. He also had three carries for 14 yards and a touchdown. And that's uh, missing a whole quarter and some change. On the running side, Chubb, 69 yards. Kareem Hunt, 32 and a touchdown. And the Chiefs had Daryl Williams really running the ball, 13 for 78 yards. On the receiving end, Rashard Higgins led the Browns with five for 88 yards. Landry, seven catches, but he only had 20 yards. Less than three yards per catch. That's pretty wild. But he did have the touchdown from Baker Mayfield. Tyreek Hill, eight for 110. Travis Kelsey, eight for 109 and a touchdown. I mean, Travis Kelsey, by far, it's just he has to be the best tight end in the NFL right now. Uh, the only thing against him is he's he's getting older. Uh so I guess I might would rather have George Kittle, but we'll see. Travis Kelsey's still a stud, and he'll prove me wrong probably. So this sets up an AFC Championship game. Bills, Chiefs, uh, they played it, the AFC Championship against each other 27 years ago uh, when the Bills came out on top, and that was during the Bills. I don't want to really call them glory years because they did lose four straight Super Bowls, but, man, were those some good teams, and we'll see what they can do this weekend. And the last game of the week was the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone kind of thought this was going to be a really good game. Breeze, Brady, uh, could it be their last games? Probably not Brady because I think he signed a two-year contract, fully guaranteed. But Buccaneers come out on top, 30-20. to 20. I don't think it was as close as the scoreboard even says. Uh, it was kind of a boring game, honestly. <laughs> um... This is Tampa Bay's first divisional round win since 2002, and they won the Super Bowl that year. Uh, that was against the Raiders. John Gruden was the coach. It was, it was kind of a fun season there. Uh, Tom Brady went 18 for 33 for 199 and two touchdowns. He also had five carries for two yards and a touchdown. He didn't have to do much. 18 for 33 is not great, but, you know, that's not the objective. The objective is score, and he had three touchdowns he was responsible for. Drew Brees, 19 for 34, 134 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. It just was not a great game for Brees, and 
you know, we don't know if he's going to retire or not, but all signs point to yes. And that's not the way you want to see him go out. What's kind of funny is they brought in Jameis Winston for a trick play. He was one for one with a 56-yard touchdown. It had the Buccaneers not ready. Uh, and, you know, Jameis Winston made the throw. Honestly, I think Jameis Winston has a chance to to be a starting quarterback again. Uh, but we'll see. They, they chose Taysom Hill over him this year when Breeze was hurt. So we'll see what happens. Leonard Fournette had a pretty decent game. 17 for 63. That's okay. But he also had five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones had 13 carries for 62 yards. Alvin Kamara, 18 carries for 85 yards, led the Saints. And then Cameron Brait led the Buccaneers with four catches for 50 yards. Mike Evans caught a touchdown. Uh, it was. But he only had one catch for three yards. He did have three targets, though. On the Saints side, Traquan Smith had three catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns. He's the one who caught the 56-yard touchdown from Jameis Winston. Emmanuel Sanders, six catches for 48 yards. And this was kind of surprising. Usually I don't put in bad stats, but I, I'm going to do it here. Michael Thomas, no catches, no yards, four targets. This guy was regarded going into the season as the best receiver in the NFL. And, you know, he had some issues with injuries, uh, disciplinary issues, and just wasn't the year that people expected from Michael Thomas. So we'll see what happens next year. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting. As I said, this is probably Breeze's last game. Uh, there were some videos of him and Tom Brady hanging out on the field after the game, embracing, having a long discussion. So we'll see what happens. And it's kind of sad to see a guy like that go. He was drafted 20 years ago. You know, you're playing in your 40s against people 20 years younger than you. It's it's tough. But this sets up an NFC Championship game between the Packers and the Buccaneers. Brady versus Rodgers should be a fun game. It's in Lambeau, so that'll be interesting. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. So kind of to review the championship games, we have Bills going to Kansas City. We have Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, two young quarterbacks that, you know, have good-looking futures ahead of them. That'll be a fun game. Uh, the... Chiefs are hosting their third straight AFC Championship game, like I said. If I'm not mistaken, Andy Reid also, when he was coaching the Eagles, hosted three straight NFC Championship games. So that's pretty impressive. However, they didn't get a Super Bowl out of any of those, and they already have one with Kansas City. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to Green Bay. Green Bay has struggled. I wouldn't say struggled, but they didn't have the toughest schedule. They lost to teams with... They lost to good teams. Early on in the regular season, the Buccaneers and Packers played each other, and Tampa Bay won 38-10. to I think that was week five. However, I think the Packers are a much better team now. They got better as the season goes on, which is what you want when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. I think Devontae Adams is unstoppable. Uh, Aaron Jones has been hard to stop. Aaron Rodgers is hard to keep in the pocket, and when you let him out of the pocket, he's going to make magical things happen. Tom Brady is still smart, can make the right passes, and we'll see what happens. I think this is going to be a good game, and I'm hoping, honestly, that these two games are better than the games we saw in the divisional round. A lot of those games were not super exciting, and as a fan of football who doesn't have a, really a team left, 
It's you want to watch exciting games. However, living in New York, uh, going to Bills games once a year, not this year though. I'm going to be rooting for the Bills. I think they're just a fun team to watch. The fans are great, and we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be exciting, and we'll we'll get a good Super Bowl no matter what. So as we end the NFL season every year, we have people who retire. And Philip Rivers announces his retirement. He was drafted in 2004. It was the same draft with Eli Manning and Larry Fitzgerald, Sean Taylor, uh, lots, lots of good players were in that draft. So on the next episode, I really want to break down that draft, break down the good players that were there, talk about their stats as well. Drew Brees, like I just said, probably played his last game. I just don't think he can play at this high level anymore. The last two years have been kind of rough. He's been on a good team, though, and taking him into the playoffs each year. Other players that could potentially retire, I have no data. This is just based on age and things like that. Larry Fitzgerald, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, just to name a few. So as those come out, I'm going to, you know, post things on social media, talk about their careers, but expect the next podcast episode to really talk about the 2004 NFL draft and these players I just mentioned along with others and just talk about their, their careers and how well they did and how they're able to play for 15 to 20 years. So, the last thing I want to talk about is the NHL Ironman streak. This is the consecutive game streak. We have three players right now who were in the 800s with streaks that have started in 2009. So, 12 years. Pretty impressive. So, the record for the most consecutive games played is 964 by Doug Jarvis from 1975 to 1987. The current active streak leader is Keith Yandel with 868 games. He started this in March of 2009 when he was playing for the Phoenix Coyotes. So he's been, this streak has been so long they were known as the Phoenix Coyotes. They've been the Arizona Coyotes for about seven years now. Uh, there was some controversy that he might be a healthy scratch at the beginning of the year, but in the first two games of the season he has a goal and two assists. So let's leave that man on the ice. Patrick Marlowe has 856 games, so he's not far behind Keith Yandel. And Phil Kessel, who currently plays for the Coyotes, has 846 consecutive games. Keith Yandel is fourth in the Ironman streak history. He is only 16 games behind third place and about 50 games behind second place. So depending on what their playoff scenario is, uh, for the Florida Panthers, they could he could move into second place this year as long as you know nothing happens where he has, where he gets scratched or he gets hurt, suspended, anything like that. Any of those things can end the streak. A suspension on a hit that the league might deem dirty, um, just a, an injury of any sort. I mean, playing hockey, it's tough to not get injured for twelve years or to play through injuries. Hockey players are tough. Uh, so there's. 25 players who have played 500 straight games. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, there's four active players, those three I named. And uh, Brent Burns, for who's playing for the Sharks as defenseman, he's a stud too. And I think his streak started in 2013. So eight years is nothing, <laughs> nothing to bat your eyes about either. 
So that's pretty much all I have for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it, getting ready for the AFC-NFC Championships. And expect an episode next week. There's not going to be a game next weekend because there's a break in between the Super Bowl. But we'll talk about I think they're doing something for the Pro Bowl. It's going to be kind of weird. And I really want to break down that 2004 NFL draft and talk about some of these guys' careers. So thanks for listening. Hit up the social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter. And on there is a link tree to find my TikTok, the Wingman of the Year page with ballpark figures and anything like that. So thanks for listening, and I hope you tune in next time.